It's time for the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. This is the show for all you recruitment marketing rebels out there who are done with posting, prey, and recruitment funnels. Are you ready to bring real change to talent acquisition? Come for the voice of the candidate and stay for the snark. It's time for real talk from the front lines of the talent revolution with your hosts, Alin Bailey and Tracy Parsons. Oh, good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Alyn. I know we we start we pushed the play button and told every told ourselves we're going to be excited and energized and ready to go because it's Friday morning and who wouldn't be? But no, it's not just Friday morning. It's Valentine's Day, people. It is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, Alyn. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. Oh, see, I'm going to go my first conversation this morning with my really? with my favorite person. That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm always, uh, I, I love Valentine's Day. I'm that cheese ball. I really am. Yeah. Um, I do. I love it. We have family traditions around Valentine's Day, and it's so much fun. Really? That this year, my son is off school for Valentine's <gasps> Day and my birthday. And oh, a shock that's... would be, we yes. didn't go anywhere. Wow, is it your birthday as well? My birthday is Monday. But oh, so you it's like a whole celebration weekend. I know. Ah. I know. Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I Valentine's Day is not like it's I'm not against it. It just doesn't <laughs> dawn on me as a thing. I mean, I'm not like anti-Valentine because you know some people are they're like, "Oh, stupid holiday." And it's oh, just they get really mad. I'm not that. But I don't think about it. I honestly don't think about it. It's so bad. I don't think about it. And my um, my husband, he's the sweetest. Uh, he's the sweetest guy. He does. He thinks about these things. I'm in the car driving, um, you know, my daughter and my husband off to appointments and and whatnot yesterday. And my husband's like, oh, guess what? He's talking to my daughter. Guess what, Emily? Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. I'm so excited to show mom what we got her. And I'm like, oh. I know. And I'm in the car going, oh crap. Oops. <laughs> Damn. Uh-oh. And I oop, as the kids say. Yeah. Oops. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah. So thanks for reminding me again, because yeah, I would have forgotten again. Right. And, and then, it's nice and early for you. It's nice so and early. There's I got still enough time. Yeah, I still have time. I'm good. I'm good. I have a, I have a breakfast meeting this morning. On my way back, I'm sure I could find something at the supermarket. Oh, damn Everybody straight. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff in there. Or you could do what we do, which is this is this is a honest to God, a 10 year standing tradition. So we've been okay. doing this since Owen was three. Um, we every Valentine's Day go to a very nice restaurant and have reverse dinner. Oh, I love that. So we eat we eat a whole bunch of dessert first and then we have entrees and then we have appetizers and it's the most fun day of the year. So oh, you don't really have that. to do anything. You just have to go surprise your people and sit down at a restaurant. Because the first time we did it, we sat down at a restaurant and Owen had no idea what was going on. He'd been to restaurants before, but, and we sat down and we told the waiter, I'm like, okay, we're doing things a little different today. We're going to eat dessert first. And the look on my son's face and my husband's face and the waitress's face was all priceless. <laughs> I love it. That's great. 
That's a good one. Yep. That's very good. Reverse I dinner. Feel that one. Travel out tonight. So you don't have yeah. to do anything at the grocery store today. Yeah, maybe not. Exactly. Right. <laughs> awesome. Although getting a table at this moment might be challenging. But yeah, I digress. <laughs> oh my yeah gosh I am just bad these so social things like that not my I'm just you know there's lots of things that I can I can say I'm good at I'm never I've never been that person like at the you know um who's really good at um in, in the office who knows everybody's birthday and um and not that I don't again it's not that I'm like a curmudgeon and I don't care about these things it just doesn't dawn on me. I am. I am. It's just I don't even think about it. I, I am not the one who thinks ahead and says, I should go get a card for them. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Does I'm, I'm bad with birthdays, too. Yeah. I've always been lucky enough, though, that I, 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 I learned this early on in my career. I try and surround myself with at least one person who is really good at that stuff, who who I become like a really good friend with so mm-hmm. that, you know, they they do it. And I'm always added to it. Like, you know, it's like, oh. Look what, look what, uh, um, I, I, my first one was Melissa. I remember Melissa. Look what Melissa and Lynn gave me. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that nice of us. Like, Melissa, <laughs> who's that? Why are we talking to them? What are we doing? <laughs> I do. I have social I engagement. I'm going to have to think about this. This is not my, supposed to be my therapy session, but I'm going to, I, you've given me something to ponder all day today. My Valentine's right. Day thought. Why, yes. why don't I engage better? Think about it. Okay. Okay. So, so thinking about engagement. So, yes. Okay. So I actually have this really awesome opportunity next week. Um, uh, you know, Chad and cheese. I do. I am familiar with the Chad and the cheese. Yes. Yeah. The Chad and the cheese. So the Chad and the cheese, um, uh, uh, Annalise Mayer uh, from um, uh, Symphony as well. Um, yep. were very nice um, and uh, invited um, a coworker of mine, um, the the Tyler, Mr. Weeks. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Um, to go with Chad and Cheese to participate on a panel, and I get asked to do this stuff all the time, and I'm like usually like oh, okay maybe, but as soon as they asked me if I'm interested in this one, I was like all over it. Yeah. So next week there is this uh, conference in. Banff, right? So let's uh-huh. just start there. Um, called the Cult uh-huh. Gathering. Um, and the Cult the Gathering. Cult Gathering. The Cult Gathering, and it is a okay. gathering of leaders from cult brands. Okay. Define um, cult it, brands. Uh, 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 brands that everybody thinks about that um, have a emotional um, a following associated with them. What is the official definition of cult brand? Um, I read, I pulled it up just so I could answer this question because I knew you were going to ask me. A cult brand refers to a product or service that has a loyal customer base that approaches fanaticism. A cult brand, unlike regular brands, has customers who feel a sense of ownership or vested interest in the brand's popularity and success. So all these big marketing people from Coke and Yeti and, you know, just, you know, name it. They're going to be hanging out um, on the, near the, near the ski slopes in Banff talking about marketing and, and, and cult marketing. Um, And it's really exciting to come and be a part of a group that's not just focused on, you know, how do you get people to fill out an application? So it'd be very interesting. (laughs) And I and I am of course like super excited because I geek out on marketing stuff all over the place. That's always totally fun for me. 
and it got me thinking before I go off to this this conference because I bet you somebody's going to ask me, and I thought I should probably have a good answer. <laughs> I can't. I'm preparing oh, ahead yeah. of time for this, not for Valentine's Day, but for this I prepare ahead of time. Are there cult employer brands, meaning brands where people have such an emotional investment in them? That as an employer, it's not that they just come top of mind, but as an employer, they are so emotionally invested in this particular brand that they care about its success. They have a, um, it, it sends off just the right endorphins when they think about that brand from an employer perspective. So you're saying, are they thinking about this for people who have, who work there or who have not worked there? I think it may like be both. Candidates? Okay. I think it may okay. be both. Just so you, it, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting concept because it, immediately, I that's my first question, right? Is uh, are we talking about cult brands of 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 like employer brands of the people who work there, right? And and immediately, I think of Salesforce. Really? Right. I do. Believe it or not. Why? Anybody that I've ever talked to that works at Salesforce loves Salesforce. Really? They absolutely like it's it. I think the negative connotation would be Kool-Aid drinking as as opposed to cult. Right. They're, they're very similar. <laughs> well, they're that, very is, similar. that is the dark side of a cult. Correct. It's correct. Is the cooling drinking <laughs> exactly? So there's that, right? I think there's an element of that. But anybody that I've talked to at Salesforce, whether it's a salesperson or the head of employer brand or your average employee there, they are very committed to the company. They love the company. They love what the company stands for, and it. And, you know, Dreamforce is such a great conference. Like when I think about employer brands from an employee standpoint, I always think about the interactions that I've had with the team at Salesforce. When I think about it from the talent standpoint, I'm not sure from the from the candidate standpoint, I'm not sure there's any discernible difference between a cult consumer brand and a cult employer brand. So ah. if you, okay, so if you think about this, and if I think about this, because when you, sh- when you sh- uh, shared this topic with yeah. me mm-hmm. last week, I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I love running my own business, right? I think it's really fun. I love the unique challenges that it is. I have a great time doing it. It gives me freedom to invent. It also has some very hard downsides. You know, we've, we've talked about that off the pod, but on the sure. pod, it's, you know, g- generally it's a positive experience. And for me to leave working for myself, I would have to be approached by a couple brands. There's no way that I'm applying for anything, right? There's, but if, but if a certain few brands reached out to me to do something impactful that would be aligned with my skills and my passions, I'm going to listen to that. Any other case, there's no way. There's just no way. And I think that that's indicative of how I feel about those companies as a consumer brand. You think you think it's it's deeply connected to that? 
I really do. Cause like, okay, so let me give you, let me, let me throw this at you. So, Tell so, me how I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not, I, well, no, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sure that you're wrong. I, I think that you're, I think that yes. And then I think there are some outliers, right? So okay. um, let's talk about Google, right? Yes. Google is a brand I will clearly tell you I think is a cult employer brand. I mean, for goodness sake, they, they produced a movie about internship, right? Okay. They, they, they have developed a cult, like working at Google is such a thing, right? But and yes, it is a cult. Is it, is it a cult brand itself? I mean, does it, does it evoke such positive imagery for people that I would consider Google a cult, but maybe, I mean, I know it's like a popular brand, but is it a, I'm trying to think about the emotional connection to it. I, I, I don't, have no it, emotional connection to that brand. Right. I do think, I, and then there's another caveat to this, Alin, uh-huh. and you're bringing this up right now, is that there are certain brands that feel like resume builders. Right. Right. That's so not Google, culty. No, that's just, you know, self-preservation. That good. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, um, what about, let me, let me throw another one at you. Southwest. Again, I, I'm not in the airline business. I don't know anything about airlines. I travel on airlines a lot. Um, Southwest has a positive cult following as a brand in and of itself. And it also looks like a pretty fun place to work. So I would also put it in the, I, I could see it being a cult employer brand. I, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's a great place to, I mean, again, I, this is why I'm challenged by this topic because I think it's there's it assumes for everyone, right? And yeah. it's, it's one of those things that I don't love in terms of for everyone. Um, because even if you look at best place to best place to work lists, yep, c- come on, they're not for, best place to work for who, right? Cult employer brand for who? And, right. and, and if you go look at who's on the, the list, you know, the brands that are on the list, they are very household names, right, for the most part. And some of them, for me, personally, evoke an emotional connection. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like a, a, an, an outlier like Lush, right? Love Lush. If you don't love Lush, go to Lush, then you will love Lush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's so luscious. Um, <laughs> that simple, right? They, yeah. And yes, it is an overwhelming smell when you first walk in, but they, when I think about them as an employer and a cult brand, maybe they do have a cult employer brand because the people that work there are incredibly invested in Lush and the people who shop there are very invested in Lush. I, I, it's a fascinating topic. I don't have an answer to, but I think that, I think that the emotional connection of how a Lush makes me feel uh as a customer is going to be very difficult for me to feel that way as an employee. So this brings up all sorts of pondering thoughts for me. Um, big thoughts. So here's, I mean, this like this, uh, I feel like there should be music in the background. Da, da, da. Okay. So knowing what, what we know about what drives action and behavior, right? Emotion drives action and behavior. 
Yes. Um, and, and, and as I listen to you talk, I hear you talk very clearly about the ability to build an emotional connection to something that you consume, right? Correct. But is it even possible? This is now I'm starting to wonder, is it even possible to create an emotional connection to a place that you are, even if you don't work there already, a place that you're considering working at? Or do we not even make decisions the same way? Like our consumer decisions, emotional decisions, because they are, right? 85% of the the decision-making happens subconsciously. It is is very much an emotionally driven thing. There's all sorts of research that says um, you throw you know, all, 10 things that are the same, but put the right brand packaging on it. And people have had um, had some sort of a previous emotional connection to it. They're likely to pick it off the shelf, whether it's better or mm-hmm. best or different, right? Mm-hmm. Does that, are we saying that it, that perhaps in the employer space, this is a different scenario that people are not making and deciding where to work based on this emotional decision or somehow we disengage from that at some level and they're looking about it maybe the emotion isn't so much connected to the place of work Ooh, ooh, think about this what I if know. it's connected to the type of work i'm doing correct so I'm, oh so i'm like emotionally connected to like and this makes sense i love my work yes. it's very hard for me to explain to people what it is that i do um i know what it is when i see it and I will work for anybody who will allow me to do this and give me the opportunity to get even better at it and to spend more time and energy in this space. It, it is regardless of their brand name. Um, it has to do with what, whether or not I'll be able to do this thing. So it's about the, so my identity isn't bought into the company. My identity is bought into the work. Bingo. Huh. Now you did say something that was interesting because uh, and it and it made me have an in, it made me have a snarky thought so oh. I wanted to share this okay so you're like it's easy to make an emotional connection to things you consume but the problem that, that this conversation is bringing to light is that most employers consume us oh so it's very difficult to create an emotional connection to something that's going to be consuming to us, which is why it is about the work. It's about the things that we do, not necessarily who we do it for. We would, I, I think that there's something to be said that we want to, we want to do our work for things that we believe in. So for example, I know you, Alin, and I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say yeah. that if you got a phone call from the NRA to do, you know, HR transformation and experience design to recruit more volunteers into the National Rifles Association, I don't think you're going to hear that call. I'm going to shock you. Wait a minute. I'm going to shock what? you. Tell no. me. No, I wouldn't work for it. But do you know, do you know that in one of my career journeys that I took, I worked as um, the lead of training and development for a rifle scope company. Nice. When they walked, that is they, very shocking. And why did I take that job? I could care less about their rifles, honestly. Interesting. I mean, right? Um, and it, it was about location. 
right? Uh-huh. And they provided me the right money. Let's just face that fact, right? It was right. That People point do life, like the money part. Yeah, that's right? the thing. In that part of my life. And um, it was a, it was to do the type of work that I was frustrated I wasn't able to do in my current job. And I was like, I, yes, if you're going to give me the ability to have control over actually building um, and driving learning and development decisions rather than being told what to do about them, yeah, I'll play that game. Now, I don't, now I did not last there very long. I only lasted there a little bit less than a year. Because I had no, now this is interesting, because I had no emotional connection to the, to them in, in, I was easily, I was easily poached back. Interesting. (laughs) But, 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 but I was willing to make the leap because it it was just interesting. You brought the NRA up as an example, because I thought, you know what? I don't know if that's necessarily true. Right. Okay. But for some people. Yes, there are deal breakers, right? I'm, I'm, For I'm some personally. Some people they have a better moral compass. Is that what you're trying no, to say? No, 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 no. That's why I'm saying for everyone, right? There, there are certain brands that you couldn't, uh, that I wouldn't advise my enemy to go work for, right? So there, uh, brand does matter. What a company stands for does matter. And and I'm not saying that the investment shouldn't be there in employer brand. I think employer brand is important. But I think oftentimes, specifically of late, we are putting a lot of focus on employer brand as a thing, right? And then we get frustrated when the C-suite doesn't buy into it because we have no way of proving value. Or maybe we do. Tell me I'm wrong, internet. Tell me, tell me how we prove the value of employer brand. I know what the value is to a company in terms Uh of speed, in terms of, of, um, savings, in terms of productivity. I, I get that. Like, I know what the, what the dollar amount is. I'm trying to figure out how we are not conveying that. And you couple this conversation for me with cult brands Uh and, and cult gathering, with the, um, I saw a lot of news this week from CEOs talking about radical something, radical trust, radical transparency, radical honesty, something radical. <laughs> Radical's in, okay. Radical is the thing right now. We need radical whatever. And that needs to be part of our culture. And so I'm just waiting for the next piece to say, we need to have a radical culture, right? So let's let's just cut out whatever is in the middle and say radical culture. I'm just waiting for that. And so one of the things that struck me about this, because it's been over and over and over again, this conversation of culture and brand and and these things of of creating workplaces that are enjoyable. I'm going to be really honest and pretty direct on this. I'm starting to believe that all of this is to obscure the fact that we don't want to pay people a fair wage. <gasps> don't say that. I'm just saying, I think, I think, I think if you, you, you said this first, right? Yeah. You yeah. said it, I went to that company because of the work and the location and the money. Yeah. Right. And you didn't say money last. I didn't say money last. Absolutely. Okay. So, so I'm wondering, it's making me start to wonder if all of this focus is to obscure our view of the fact that most of our CEOs are making 250 times the line employee 
And if we just build a better culture, maybe they won't notice. No, I think you're on to something. I don't, it, and it's really disappointing to me. Well, right? but I, it, I, it, I, I don't think you're off. I mean, I mean, let's, you're right. I mean, a brand, uh, reality is going to eat it for lunch every single day. I mean, if people are, um, you cannot sugarcoat um, a work environment that um, is uncomfortable, people who are not able to um, live to the to the standard at which they need to, right, to, mm-hmm. in, in their communities mm-hmm. or in their space. You, if you cannot, um, yeah, if you can't make table stakes of um, uh, of pay and 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 work flexibility and some of these other pieces, it has nothing to do with your brand identity. This is all what is what is it like to work there and you know we say this we say employer brand is about helping people understand what it's like to work there and you're Mm -hmm. right we obscure the fact that the number one thing that is connected to what is it like to work there is and and at two-week cadence when i get my paycheck do i like the number of zeros on it or don't i do i do i feel valued right Right. do i feel valued Am I able to afford the life that I want to live? And I'm not saying that, and and let's be honest, like there's, that's very uh, complicated sentence for people because everybody wants to, everybody wants to live a baller life. Like let's just be honest, right? Everybody wants to go to time, take grand vacations. Everybody, you know, we all want a nice car, a nice home, nice clothes, nice things, nice education for our kids. We all want to afford these things. But when we're talking about the average employee, I'm talking about the guy that is that is serving me coffee every day or the woman who is delivering my packages. Like this is I'm talking about fair pay for people who are doing 60 percent of the work you know what? in this country. You know what? The, the reason and here's proof that this is the thing that we all and here's proof that this is all a facade and we all know it's true. So, you know, this whole movement around putting salaries on job descriptions. Yes. Right. How many people are actually doing it and how many people are like, I can't ask my company to do that. They'll never allow that to happen. Why? Because we all know, forget all the other fluff that you put on there. The thing everybody's going to go zero their eye on right away is say, okay, my first determiner is going to be, can you pay me what I think I am about what I am worth? And mm-hmm. if you can, now we'll talk about whether or not I want to work for you. And then there's all these other things you have to provide for me. And nobody wants that to be the uh, the entry salvo because they don't want to compete on the pay level. Because honestly, that's from a business perspective, that's challenging, right? right. But that's at the end of the day, we know, we all know it's true. And if everybody thinks it isn't true, go in tomorrow to your head of TA or to your VP of human resources or to your comp and Ben person and say, I'm going to start putting salary information on my job descriptions and see how long you have a job before they walk you out the door very nicely in your little straight jacket. Uh-huh. Interestingly enough, Alin, um, in two months, one of my customers is launching not only salaries on their job description, but the ability to filter by salary. Super smart. Uh-huh. Because it's the first thing. So, for example, okay, so this is, so let's tie this back to cult consumer brands. Yeah. Right? You're not going to go 
test drive a Benz if you're going to be able to afford a Ferrari? Like the, the price of things matter, right? How much something costs is a deciding factor. Am I going to, I saw that Skittles was speaking and Skittles are delicious. Also Doritos is speaking. Doritos I are know, delicious. Right? I mean, I'm hoping I am not going to, I'm not <laughs> going to spend $50 on a bag of Doritos despite how much I love them. Here's the difference. I think here's the difference. I think that if you really loved Doritos, if Doritos convinced you that spending that $50 on them was going to do something miraculous for the universe of the world because you have done that and, and it fit your moral compass in some way, you might be willing to make that decision. But that's about what you're willing to give somebody, mm-hmm. not about judging based on what somebody is willing to give you. One Correct. is about what you're willing to imb- give the brand as your indication of its worth. Right. And it's like this weird cyclical thing. I understand. Right. That, um, you know, there's this whole idea of, of building the luxury brand um, concept of, you know, you price things at a certain at a certain level and it makes people feel like I, I am I am demonstrating who I am because I can purchase this. And that that becomes part of my own identity. And there's this weird cyclical interaction between my identity and the brand and the brand's identity and back and forth. OK, but the difference is with work. The first, the first salvo, right? The first interact, the first um, transaction is about them valuing you Mm -hmm. right off the bat, them valuing you, not what being there shows about you, but them valuing you. I mean, there is, like you said, that resume builder component, which says, if I can put this on my resume, people will think I'm smarter or better, but the length of time I'm willing to invest in you becomes very different. Right. Exactly. And I I think that that's where, that's where this, this whole topic struck me Mm -hmm. because it goes back to the whole conversation we were having a couple pods ago that candidates aren't consumers. I just, I just, they're just not right. It's a whole different paradigm. They're right. I am right. I, I am not, I am not trading money for your thing. I'm trading my time for your money. It's the flip. The companies are the consumers. Oh my God. Yeah. No, wait, that's like, that's like, that's like throw a pebble in the ocean and it shifts the, 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 the world on its axis. What if we all sat back for a moment and we said, I'm the product. If you are the product, the company is the product. No, no. The company is the, is the consumer. The person is the product. We're buying the person is the product. Oh my God. And we have built this entire ecosystem based on this idea. We're trying to convince you that you're buying the ability to work here. Bullshit. I could go work someplace else where they, where they want to pay me the right amount of money and they want to treat me and they want to treat me the way they want to treat me. Right. And, and, and it could be, and we say money and and it could be a, a slightly different, you know, variation for everybody. Right. Like I'm willing to give up some money for flexibility. If you don't give me flexibility because I know what I need in order to, 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 to thrive and to do my work, then you're, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to put me on a clock and look at me sideways, that's actually the reason I stopped working at the, at the rifle manufacturer was because at a VP level, they didn't like the, they, they kept looking at which time I I rolled in the door Uh, and it drove me crazy. 
Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Right. I was like, don't don't do that. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I'll work more hours than anybody else on the face of the planet, but don't you dare sit there and try and track who, where I am and what I'm doing like you own me. Yeah, I, thank you. And then it goes back to all of those other things. Like I have a really good friend um, where marijuana is legal in his state. Uh-huh. So he is not breaking the law, yet he got called for a job and they were going to drug test him. And he was like, I don't understand, right? And and he ended up opting out of the job because this does not culturally align with me. If you believe that you can own me in my off time, then I don't, you don't own my time. You That's own right. the time that I'm delivering things for you. And so I think, what if, what if, and I'm just spitballing here, mm. what if the paradigm was shifted so that talent, the humans, the workers, the employees, the humans, the humans, yeah, the sapiens, uh huh, if they believe that they were the product. And employers had to more elegantly shop for the, and I, to a degree we're doing this, but I don't think that no. a lot of the talent yeah. out there views themselves as the hot commodity that they are. I don't, and I think we've done a fantastic job of making people believe people being talent that employers are in the catbird seat and they don't even understand the conversations that happen that you and I are involved in, like we couldn't possibly fill this number of roles. There just aren't that many people in the world that do this. Right. Oh my God. It is like, it is such the, think about it. It is such, it is such the con job. It's not even funny. I know we're running. So, so basically employer brand is the biggest, longest con job on the face of the planet. It is the entire purpose is to convince you as Uh a person that, Uh you are not as valuable to me as you actually are. And that you should want me more than I want you. Right. I, t- I, t- I tell you all the time, we have bad boyfriend syndrome in TA. Oh God. Yeah. We are bad boyfriends. We don't, we don't like the people who like us too much. We don't like the people we currently have. There's always that new bright, shiny boyfriend out there. That's right. We're always like looking over our shoulder when we're walking down the street. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I think, right. It, mm-hmm. it needs to be a lot less, you know, bachelor survivor hunger gamesy and a lot more. Um, and I've said this before, it just needs to be a lot more egalitarian. And I, I think that there needs to be some bright lights shown on how silly we are. Like I actually heard a radio person, a person on the radio this week, one of the DJs say that, Oh, I, I, I recently read an article that, um, 60% from, from Penn state of all places that 60% of employers are looking at your social profiles. So, and, and they make hiring decisions based on that. So be careful what you put on social media. And I'm like, um, are we asking the same thing of employers? Right. Are we, and I, that's, you know, I, I tweeted this week, like, Hey, we get really mad when people make, you know, fudge on their resume, but nobody seems to get mad when employers fudge on their website or job descriptions. Nope. Why? You know, you did make that. You did. You did write an article about that this week. You're absolutely right. I'm like, there's, there is this really bad double standard happening. And I think that we're trying to gloss over 
this double standard with employer brand. Now, not all employer brands are bad, and I don't think employer brand <laughs> is a con job. What oh, I think is that, that we are dialing it back for the audience. No, 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 like, oh, no, 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 no. Let's go after it. What him. I what I think <laughs> is that there are far too many employer brands that are full of crap. Yeah. I think that they, I think that they, I think they are way too focused on the aspiration. I think that there is a significant amount of nasal navel gazing going on in most employer brands. And we are not addressing 60% of the workforce with most employer brands. Yeah. Yeah. We think, we think if we can, so this is, we still inherently believe if we can make it glossy enough and somehow appeal to your deep emotional sensibility, you're going to make a choice or a decision about where you choose to work based on your, your, you bait the same decisions in ways that you make a, a consumer based decision. Right. And you don't. Is that you think it's a reflect that that company is a reflection of who you are. And you know what? All the research shows us. There's a um, the gentleman from Indeed, and I don't um, – I'm going to sound bad here because I don't necessarily know his name. But um, Brian Chaney? No, Brian no, 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 no. I think it's the CEO oh. from Indeed. Anyway, oh, okay. I, I, at some, and the reason I'm thinking about this, I, there was some research that was done like a year or so ago where they talked about um, how people made – decisions for careers right and it and it mm -hmm. showed that some 70 percent and maybe i'm probably getting the number wrong so please don't quote me guys it's interesting i'll see if i can find it and pull it up and put it in the notes someplace but a large proportion of people made decisions based on location mm -hmm. money and timing right these are the things that they're making choices on um, and then there's, of course, all this other research out there that that validates some of the pieces around employer brand that I and about recruitment marketing that I stomp on all over the place with everybody, which says passive candidates is a bullshit idea that oh, over yes. 70 to 80 percent of the, someplace around there of candidates are even willing to say people out there willing to say they are um, open to opportunities. 57 percent say that they're always actively looking. So it's not mm -hmm. like. You know, this idea that, that, you know, there's this big proportion of passive candidates out there is bullshit. Oh, girl, the passive candidate, the whole conversation around passive candidates is, to me, the Kardashians. Like, they're literally famous for no reason. Right. Um, and I honestly think passive candidates was coined in the 90s to sell some software or to <laughs> sell some media. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Somebody came up with, ooh, passive candidates. We need to make that a thing. And it's not a thing. So we need to stop talking about it like it's a thing. Everybody is open to the, look, like I said, if a couple different brands approached me today and yeah. the money was right, I'm going. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I'll just put it right out there. I mean, you know, uh, Disney, if you need my phone number. Thank you. That's mine. That's one of Call mine. Me yeah. Uh-huh. Call, That's call right. me up because and and that is has nothing. I have no idea what it's like to work there. I've heard actually not so great things in some ways. Me to too. You. But on the flip side, I'll tell you, I I am I I have my Disney obsession from a consumer perspective runs so deep. Correct. That I possibly am willing to. Um, I I definitely would be excited if you called. Now I'm going to judge you on all the same things I would judge every other company on when it actually came down to making a decision, but I pick up the phone. So you'll get, you'll get, you'll get first call access. So Disney, 
Disney, that's if it. you if you would like to hire the Rebel Cast staff, yeah, we're in to come transform your your thing. Yeah, totally, we're listening. Um, but yeah, there, listening. again, there's a few, there's there's very few, right? Yeah, it's 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 a small list because yeah. you're right. It is about the work for our level of employees. So like for the professional workforce, uh-huh. if you've trained to be a lawyer or a journalist or a marketer or a recruiter, if you've if you've had this this um this career aspiration, um, then, then we are going to pick and choose a little bit differently. We are going to be looking at the work that we're going to be doing and the money and the location. Those all have to come into play, but there's a lot of people where it is money location, which means for me, commute time and, and, and that's it. Yeah. And timing. Yeah. Timing, just the right time in my life, right time, you know, all those things matter. Yep. This, I, again, you know what, Tracy, what I love about our morning phone calls when we have them is um, for those of you who listen to the to the Rebelcast, um, I, I think something that's a little bit different about us is we don't overprepare. We, <laughs> but that's yeah, okay. That's a, that's a thing. Uh-huh. That's a thing. But it's a thing. It's our flow. And part of the reason is, is because we like to have real honest conversations. Um, and uh, we're we're thinking as we're talking and we're um, we're engaging and we hope that um, that's enjoyable for everybody to listen to. Um, I enjoy it at least to participate in it. So although me I'm too. excited really that we have great. that one or two listeners out there, it's it, this is you have given me something to think about all day today. I'm going to have this in the back Same. of my head. And, um, you know, as I I'm now I'm feeling really excited to go to this conference next week and to put this critical eye on what I'm listening to uh, around um, marketing and branding and start to flip it in my head because now I'm starting to think, what if we could start a revolution? I know yet again, I'm starting another revolution. Oh, yeah. What if what if we could start a revolution and we could teach employees? We could teach employees. We could teach people to be their own yep. cult brand. Actually, they Ooh, already are, right? I know. But, it, with, but anyway, I'm making these connections. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. Fabulous conversation. So much. I'd love to hear what other people think about this. Um, and we'll Let's chat hear it. some more. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Take care, everybody. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you all for um, listening in to this podcast. So we recorded this um, a week ago. Um, I actually have just gotten off the stage a little bit ago um, with Chad and Cheese for the live broadcast um, that was done here at the Colt Gathering. And I've been able to spend a good portion this week um, listening in and talking to Colt brand leaders. And it's been so inspiring and such a great opportunity. I can't um, thank Symphony Talent and Smashfly and... Um, uh, Chad and Cheese, of course, um, for the opportunity to, to be able to connect in this way and to be able to have this type of conversation. As I went back and listened to the conversation that Tracy and I had about what does it mean to be an employer cult brand and who is the brand? Is it the person, the talent, or the company? I think it's a really relevant, valuable conversation to have. But the number one thing I can say coming out of this this conference and having this, these conversations is that the most important thing you can do in talent acquisition today is go make friends with your marketing team. 
um, you know, I was a little tentative. I'm not sure if I wanted to um, get too close, right? We're kind of taught to keep ourselves in an arm's length, that they're going to put rules and regulations on us, slow us down, and they kind of see us as amateurish sometimes, or we think that they do, and maybe we don't, um, you know, we think about too much in the transaction space. But the truth is, if we could figure out how to collaborate and work together, there's some pretty awesome stuff that could happen between the two groups. Um, So anyway, more on that in upcoming podcasts. Um, But it's been a wonderful conversation, a wonderful opportunity. Um, I hope all of you spend some time thinking about what it means um, for your brand and what it is that you're really trying to do when you connect to people. What is that all about for you? What is it that you're um, driving them towards and that you're looking for from them? Thanks a lot. You can reach us at our Repelcast on the Twitters, or of course, always you can reach out to us directly on Twitter at T Parsons or at Alin Bailey. We love to talk to our listeners and to have deeper conversations on our topics, so please do do that. Have a great weekend and week, everybody. Looking forward to getting back to our regular cadence next week. Talk to you soon. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.